Okay, we are doing now the Torah portion of Emma for Friday. We're continuing here discussing the festival. God speaks to, spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, On the 15th day of the seventh month of Tishrei, is the festival of Sukkot, a seven-day period for God. Next verse. On the first day is a calling of holiness. You shall not do any work of labor. On which Rashi says, what does it mean? It's a calling of holiness. So Rashi says that this means sanctifying it with clean clothing, with a prayer, and Yom Kippur. And on the other festivals, that is the fast of Yom Kippur, sanctify it with food, with drink, with clean clothing, with its own prayer. For a seven-day period, you shall offer a fire offering to God. On the eighth day, there shall be a calling of holiness for you, and you shall offer a fire offering to God. Is there restraining? You shall not do any work of labor. What does this mean? It's a restraining. It's not Sarah. So God's saying here, I've held you back next to me, like the parable Rosh gives of the king. invites his sons to a banquet, and when, for a certain number of days, when the time comes to depart, the king says, a little longer. It's hard for me. You're leaving. So any work of labor is forbidden. The Rashi explains even a task that's labor for you, meaning that if you don't do it, you're going to have financial loss. Still, it's forbidden. You shouldn't do it. So this means you should not do it on the days of the holiday. We're not referring here to the intermediate days of the holiday. Because, of course, we have the intermediate days when we will be allowed to do this work. Next verse. These are the appointed festivals of God that you shall proclaim as callings of holiness, offer a fire offering to God, uh, Ola offering, when the animal comes completely burnt, and a meal offering, a sacrifice, meaning of the peace offering, and port offerings, each day's requirement on its day. The Rashi says, Olo Mincha, meaning the Olo offering, the offering that's completely burnt, and the Mincha, which is the meal offering. The Rashi explains here, the meal offering of the port offering, which is brought with the Olo offering. Meaning, our verse doesn't say the Olo offering and its meal offering. Like it did previously, it just says the Ola offering and the meal offering. What we mean here is the meal offering that's accompanying the Ola offering. How do we know this? Because it says here, the verse ended off each day's requirement on its day which is an allusion to the list of special offerings for the festivals that we learned, or we're actually going to learn, in Bamidbar, in the Book of Numbers. And there, we don't speak of a meal offering. That means that the meal offering for to here has to be one which we are explicitly referring. What is that one? 
So that's the meal offering that's accompanying this Ola offering. Each day's requirements for its day, as we just explained, that means the amount fixed later, the book of numbers. Each day's requirement for its day. Another comment Rashi makes? That if the day passed, you lost it. No substitution for the next day. Aside from God's Sabbath, aside from your gift, aside from your vow, aside from all your voluntary offering, which you'll present to God. But on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you shall bring in the crop of the land, you shall celebrate God's festival for a seven-day period. The first day is a rest day, and the eighth day is a rest day. Rashi says that we're saying to celebrate it by bringing the peace offering for the festival. The peace offering was offered a portion for God on the altar, a portion for the priests, a portion for the owners. This is celebrating. We would think that this offering should override the Sabbath, meaning even if it's a Sabbath, we should offer it. But we're told, no, the verse begins with ah, but, to limit, meaning it does not override the Sabbath. Why not? Because here we could offer it any of the days of the festival. So if you miss the first day, missed it because it's the Sabbath, you have the rest of the week of the holiday, the next six days, to offer this. And actually also the following holiday that directly follows Sukkot, which means at Sarah's, you can still offer this. You bring the crops of the land, meaning this is the seventh month, which should come at the time of the bringing of the crops. So this teaches us that we have to keep, stick the month, we have to add to the month, we have to calculate to make sure that the seventh month, meaning Tishrei, is coming at the time when the crops are brought in. Meaning if we did not, we have a similar concept with Passover that it says in the verse explicitly, Passover has to be in the spring. And there Rashi explains the same idea, that we have a lunar calendar. And as such, if we just stuck to our pure lunar calendar, it would drift further and further from the solar calendar and Passover would not be in the spring. Rashi saying the same thing here. This is a lunar calendar. So if we just stuck to our lunar calendar, uh, we're going to drift further and further away. And... In the holiday of Sukkot, we're not going to be bringing the crops. It might be in the winter. It might be in the summer. It could be whenever. But therefore, because of these injunctions, the lunar calendar has to be connected, attached to the solar to stay in sync with it, which our stage is accomplished by periodically adding an extra month in the year. They call that the leap year. They would add a whole extra month of that there to keep the lunar and solar calendar in sync. The Passover is always in the spring. The Sukkot is only in the time of gathering of the crops. You shall celebrate through these festival peace offerings for a seven-day period. And as we said before, if you don't bring the festival peace offering on the first day, you can bring it on any day of the seven days. A person could think, we're saying, Rashi's saying, this is, of course, the second time we said this comment on this first that if you don't bring the festival offering 
the peace offering on the first day. You have the whole week to make it up, the whole seven days. Maybe what the verse means is, when it says you have a seven-day period, maybe the verse means every single day of the seven-day period you should bring this festival peace offering. But to make sure we don't think of it that way, the verse says you shall celebrate it. Not you shall celebrate them, but you shall celebrate it, the singular which is implying then that you're only offering one offering and not seven. So if so, why is it saying you have the seven-day period to repay? Meaning if you didn't bring the offering on the first day, you have that whole seven-day period to pay off this offering. You know, take for yourself on the first day the fruit of a tree of splendor, fronds of date palms, branches of a cord-like tree, and brook willows, just before God, you got for a seven-day period. Now we're going through the four species that we offer together up in our commandment of what we call Lulav and Esrog. The fruit of a tree of splendor, Priyetadar, is a tree that the wood and the fruit both have a taste. And Hadar, Hadar means splendor, but we could read it, Hadar, that lives, a fruit that lives on the tree for an entire year, which is a citron. Fronds of a date palm. The Rashi says it's missing the vav, kapos. It's written without a vav. It's written defectively, so to speak. It teaches us we only want one. Branches of a cord-like tree is a tree whose branches are plated like cords, like ropes, which is the myrtle. It has these braid-like configurations. You shall celebrate it as a festival for God, a seven-day period in the year, eternal decree for your generation. In the seventh month shall you celebrate it. You shall dwell in booths for a seven-day period. Every native in Israel shall dwell in booths. Native. Native is a Jew by birth. The verse says, be native. Of okay. Let me compare this to the 15th of Nisan, Passover, where I should obligate women the command of Sukkah just as they're obligating the command of Matzah. But we're told that's not true. In Israel, including the converts, so that your generation shall know that I caused the children of Israel to dwell in booths. I took them from the land of Egypt. I am God your God. Rahi says the booths here isn't meant literally booths. It means the clouds of glory. This in the Talmud is debated or discussed, and others say it means literally the booths that the Jews lived in, but many others support appointed vessels of God to the children of Israel.